When it comes to self-development, no matter the method you use, the vital point is to practice. If you're ready to transform your life and claim the potential inside of you, then you're in the right place. Welcome to The Vital Point. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. I'm a psychedelic integration and transformation coach, breathwork facilitator, and an enthusiast of personal growth. You have the capacity to evolve and bring your intentions and dreams into the world, and there's never been more access to so many incredible modalities that can help you on your journey. This podcast will help you learn simple methods you can use to transform your life and share the stories of practitioners who are doing the work so that you feel inspired to go and practice, because that's the vital point. My guest today is Jonathan Quest Brown. Jonathan is a creative who has been active in healing arts such as storytelling, writing, music, photography for several years. In 2018, his life took a turn when his mother passed away unexpectedly. And this tragic event led him on a journey of self-discovery and healing. Quest found solace in wellness practices such as yoga and psychedelics, which helped him cope with the loss of his mother and find a deeper sense of purpose. As a result of his personal journey, Quest became a certified yoga teacher and a Reiki master. He also became a psychedelic integration coach, helping others who are interested in exploring the therapeutic benefits of psychedelics. Quest's unique combination of expertise in both creative arts and wellness allows him to use his talents to help others find their own light and remember their power lies within. And I am super, super grateful to connect with this gentleman. So it's just an honor to have him here on the Vital Point Podcast. So Quest, welcome. I oh, appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Super happy to be here. And yeah, it's an honor. You know, really, really excited about diving into this conversation. So you're you're pretty active there where you live in Pittsburgh, right? In terms of doing in-person events? Yes. Yes. I'm based in Pittsburgh, PA. Been here all my life. And I currently work and teach at a studio called Pranaveda Studio, which is in Dormont. It's a small suburb in the South Hills area of Pittsburgh, PA. Um, again, that's Pranaveda Studio. And I teach yoga there on the weekends. I'll host my Reiki sessions, meet with my clients there as well, and also host my men's circles there as well that are monthly. Mm. So what do those men's circles look like? Because like we were saying before we hit record, it's it, one of my missions with this podcast is to highlight men that are doing this work, that are involved in psychedelic work, in inner healing work, because I feel like it's really needed, especially with the way mm. that a lot of us grew up. We didn't necessarily have a lot of good modeling in terms yeah. of vulnerability, in terms of like presence, in terms of what embodied masculinity looks like. So I'd love to just jump in and start to to get into like how you work with men and, and what your passion is there. Yeah, it's funny because for a while I felt some resistance to working with men. I did. I wanted to be open to everybody, mm. right? And I didn't want to be labeled as the, you know, the men's facilitator, men's circle facilitator for whatever reason. I just felt some resistance to that. And I can remember about four, five months ago, I got a download from Spirit and Spirit said, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to call it. It gave me the word surrender. I'm like, okay, surrender. What am I supposed to do with this? It's like surrender. Men's circle, put it out there and they're going to show up. So I listen to spirit, you know, when I get these downloads, if I listen to spirit, things are going to work out, right? When I don't listen to that guidance, that's when things don't work out. 
So I got this message and I decided to call it Surrender, a healing circle for men. And I put it out there at the first event. And as I'm creating this event, what came to me was that they needed to be themed. And the first theme was around gratitude. So that's what I started to do. We spend about two and a half hours together at the, the yoga studio, Pranaveda, once a month. And the whole point is surrendering in that moment to being vulnerable, going to explore these spaces that we've never been before. Or if you've been there, it's surrendering to go deeper, further, right? So I put this out there and the first event, I had 15 men show up. 15 men. <laughs> I was lot. like mind blown. Yeah. I only knew one other person. Everybody else was strangers that just showed up based off of the ad. And since they're themed, we're doing, uh, we're, we're pairing, I'm pairing healing modalities around that theme. So we'll go into, you know, some uh, introductions just to talk about our intention of being there, you know, get to know the other men in the space. We'll go into a guided meditation. You know, we'll go into from the guided meditation that's normally going to either go into um, some basic yoga, because I kind of found out that a lot of men aren't really used to yoga. I was also in that position. Right. So we'll spend about 15, 20 minutes just doing some somatic movements and loosen up the body a little bit more. And then we'll normally go into conversation around the theme some journaling prompts, right? Get the conversation going around whatever theme that might be. And like I said, the first one was gratitude. And from there, that's when we kind of hit the finale piece. Uh, that finale piece will be either a breathwork session. Um, it will be, or a shamanic journey um, as well, just using the drum. I'll lead them on uh, a journey to an altered state of consciousness. Um, and yeah, we'll kind of, we'll do those things. And it does switch out throughout the month, but that's how Surrender came about. And so far I've held four. So the first one was around gratitude. The second one was around our inner child. We spent a lot of time with our inner child. Again, in the second one, I had like 16, 15 men show up. Uh, that was a very, very deep and powerful session. You know, I'm learning from these men just as much as they're learning from me because we're in this container together supporting each other, right? And I, I found the importance of me sharing first. You know, I'm a very open book. So there will be times where men won't feel comfortable to share. So I'll kind of have to take that step forward and share something that I haven't shared with many people to let them know it's okay. Like everything that we talk about is going to be stayed within these walls, you know? Right. And then we went to forgiveness. And then the last one, since it was February, was around self-love. So we started to actually, I introduced some cacao in that one so we can open up our hearts mm. a little bit more and focus around spending time with the heart and getting messages from our heart. So yeah, that's a little bit about surrender. And I could definitely dive into a lot more, but I want to give you space to kind of ask questions from there. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds amazing. And and I love I love the name of it surrender especially for working with men surrender is something that i talk about in my breath work a lot as well mm. 
because it has that word has a certain connotation within the English language, right? Like yes, it's, it does. we start, we start to think about giving up or yeah. almost like the antithesis of what we want to embody as men. Mm-hmm. But what I always say within breath work is like surrender is, is opening up surrender mm. is, is being open to what is here with me. Surrender actually is a very, very masculine concept because in order to surrender, you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and that takes courage. So I appreciate that you're using that concept as a, a totem and as a, as a guide for, for your own men's work. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's pretty cool. No, I appreciate that. You know, like I said, um, I just got to download. <laughs> yeah. To download. I'm like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do with this? It's like, nope, this is what you do and they're going to show up. So yeah, it's been, it's been really nice. And the one thing I noticed too, um, the last two had a much smaller intimate group than the first two sessions. And I feel that the men, like whoever needs to be there will show up. Right. And it's still going to be powerful because you obviously needed to be there. Mm-hmm. So like I said, the last two words, it was a much smaller container, but for the men that showed up, they needed it to be small in order to open up, in order to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they shared with me after the fact that if the room was filled with other men, they wouldn't have felt comfortable to open up and talk about what's going on inside of them. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. So it sounds like you're really trusting, uh, putting your trust in spirit. And, and that's a beautiful thing as well. That in itself could be a, a form of surrender, right? Like you're not, yeah. you're not questioning, you're not second guessing. You're just stepping with spirit and with the guidance that you're receiving. Has that always been something that has been easy for you or no. is that something that you've worked <laughs> to develop? It's something that I've, I'm still working on, you know? It definitely, especially like early on in my journey, I'm only, like you said, you you read my bio, right? All of this started for me in 2018, October 11th, 2018 is when my mother passed away. And shortly after that, that's when I first did yoga, first got introduced to Reiki, never heard of Reiki before. First time trying psychedelics, was scared of my entire life around trying these things, right? Mm. And all of this stuff came to me, even meditation. That was the first time meditating. Mm. It was just like fell into my lap. And throughout my almost five years, I know there's a, a few more months, it'd be about five years. It's kind of like, because I, I put the anniversary on my mom's death, right? But yeah. the first two years was very hard for me to trust. But my connection with spirit, my guides, my ancestors, it was very present. You know, even my mother, just being able to tap into her energy, get messages from meditation was mind blowing to me. And I questioned it a lot throughout my journey because it was something I really didn't understand, but I knew at the same time that it was happening. So (laughs) <laughs> the trust was very, very hard there. And there were definitely several detours that happened along the way because I didn't trust spirit in a certain situation, whether that be a relationship, maybe even 
picking it, finding a job or just, you know, a, a decision, right? I had that feeling in my gut, which I now realize is the communication, right? I had, I need to trust that feeling because that's telling me what I need to do. And I would fight against that feeling because I was so stuck in my mind for a long, long time, um, especially before I got into the wellness uh, space because I worked in tech pretty much my entire life. And you use a lot of logical thinking, you know, yeah. it's one plus one equals two. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's not like one plus one might equal two, but at the same time, you know, it could yeah. also equal something else. <laughs> yeah. I think what you're speaking to, if, if, if I'm following you, uh, is something that I can relate to as well in terms of like living so much in my head and always second guessing and always like overthinking and then being in these situations where like there, there is sort of a sense of wonder. There is a sense of like, wow, is this happening? But at the same time you feel it so strong that Mm -hmm. like you can't help, but just follow it to know that this is the, this is what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm experiencing it. Yeah. Is, is, can you relate to that or no? 100%. Yeah. Um, and what else, the, the other thing that I discovered along my path was the balance within me, right? It's the divine masculine and the divine feminine energies, right? The feminine is much more in the flow of yeah. things. <laughs> and it's very, very important for me to keep that in balance. You know, we all have these energies within inside of us. So that's something else that I, I definitely talk about in our men's circles. Staying in the flow of things. Yes, we have both sides, but they both come in handy, right? You might lean on one side a little bit more in one situation, leaning on the other, then you'll have those points and times where you need to add that balance. So um, it, it was just a learning curve. I'm definitely now in the place where I've seen, uh, I, I can't deny, <laughs> I can't deny that feeling, that message from spirit, because there's yeah. been so many instances where I follow things work out. Right. right. Um, but I'm also still human. So every once in a while, I'm like, ah, no, okay, let me let me just follow it. I know what's going to happen if I don't follow it. All right. And yeah. then, you know, I think there are times, too, where I'm not going to sit here and say I'm perfect because there's definitely those moments where I feel like I just need a reminder. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I just need a reminder and I'll, I'll be hard headed. And like, ah, I'm just going to follow what's in my mind real, really quick. And then I get that reminder, like, nope, okay. I should have just followed spirit and followed that feeling in my gut, my intuition. Because again, like I said, I'm human. <laughs> right. Spiritual being, having a human experience here. And uh, I don't deny the human experience. I think there's a lot you can learn from that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I'm curious if, if you'd like to kind of, Take us through that beginning of your journey. You mentioned your mom passing away unexpectedly, mm. and sorry to hear that. Obviously, no, I appreciate it. Um, but like, how how did that open up this new world to you in terms of these these new this new path that opened for you? <laughs> so, my mom passed away unexpectedly. She had a heart attack. She was super healthy, right? Huh. Super healthy, and it's really funny. Now, looking back, like how everything led up to that moment, 
And I'm not saying it's funny that my mom passed away, but like right. knowing now how the universe works, how these messages come through, I can remember the day before just being lazy. And my mom was reaching out to me over and over again, like, hey, hey, I just really want to see you. I really want to see you, right? And I was being lazy. Wow. I was like, at the kids, I'm like, oh, and I, got, I just got off of work and homework, blah, blah, blah. But she kept reaching out. So we went to her house and we stayed there for about three hours and had the best conversation in the world. And then the next day she was gone. Hmm. Really, really odd. But the next day, as I'm laying on my couch, I can remember it's like six o'clock in the morning. I can hear her voice clear as day telling me that she's sorry that she had to go and she did not know it was her time, but God had called her. So I'm baffled that I'm hearing my mom's voice clear as day. And I decided to leave the States shortly after. Like two days, like three days after she passed, I had went to Amsterdam for the first time in my life, all by myself. And that was the first time that I had an experience with psychedelics. You know, I think I was just searching for something, really not even knowing what I'm getting into. And, you know, it's in, in Amsterdam, you can just walk into a store and purchase uh, <laughs> kind of like whatever you want. And I, I purchased magic truffles. So I didn't have magic mushrooms, they were magic truffles. And that was my first time having a psychedelic experience. And it was recreational at that time because I didn't know anything about using it in a ceremonial way uh, because I was just exploring. And when I got back home, that's when I started to dive deeper. And I had the the blessing really to work with a lot of great teachers along my path. I found a spiritual mentor that taught me how to meditate. And through meditation, I realized what I could do. And it became very natural to me. Very, very natural. So after meditation, I dove into Kundalini yoga. Again, not knowing <laughs> what I was getting into. They actually say like this, the hardest yoga of all yogas. Uh-huh. And um, there was a happened to be a studio right down the street from my house. So I'm doing kundalini yoga, learning about chakras, meditating, um, also experimenting with uh, psychedelics at the time. Uh, they were mushrooms and LSD that I was kind of like exploring with. And then I can remember one of my friends that I was just opening up to about my experiences because I kept all of this behind closed doors, not really telling anybody what I was doing um, as I'm on this journey. And she had sent me a invitation to a Reiki training. <laughs> and like two days before this, I had a vision in meditation of myself with healing hands. Like it was like a mm-hmm. like a, a gold glow coming out of my hands and I didn't know what this was. And then she sends me an invitation to Reiki training. And again, it just became very natural to me. Uh, my teacher was happens to be a, uh, a shaman and he was very, very helpful with just taking me under his wing, really. You know, I was up at the shop like five days a week, just learning from him outside of the, of the training. And he taught me a lot. So a combination of that, I was taking that back home and just exploring 
on my own, <laughs> again, just opening doors that I really didn't know what I was opening up, you know, shamanic journeys, while I'm on these substances and just, again, doing this stuff without knowing what I was doing, but I just knew I was searching for something. Um, there was some times where I opened the wrong door <laughs> and then I had to figure out how to close it, you know? <laughs> so um, it was all just like, it was like training for what I'm doing now. And I did that for, for about two years behind closed door. And then that's when it was around like the end of 2020 when a beginner 21 where spirit was like, all right, you had enough experiences behind closed doors. Now time to come out to the world, help other people that might be going through the same thing, share your story and shine your light. So that's what brought me here today. Hmm. Really. That's beautiful. I can, I can relate to that in my own way. Like, um, I feel like my, well, I don't know if it's the beginning of, of this chapter, but definitely like it, it changed the trajectory of my life was being with my grandmother when she passed mm. and, and feeling that presence and hearing her voice in the days afterwards. Yeah. And I was in a bookstore and I mean, her presence was with me after that, just because being in the room with her and like seeing her spirit leave the body. Wow. And like there was like the light changed in the room and it was like, there was wow, something was like, like physical, like that was happening in this, you know, in 3d. And uh, then a couple of days later I was in a bookstore and uh, I, at that point in my life, like I hadn't read a nonfiction book in okay. years, you know, like outside of like something that I was assigned for school. Right. Like I only read fiction and I felt her like, like I felt this like hand, like stop me. And I heard wow. her, she was like, you need to go down this aisle. And I walked down this aisle and she led me right to this section on buddhism and wow. like almost right to the book that i needed to to take so like i i can i can relate to that and i i appreciate you sharing you know how that experience um how you experienced it and also how it affected you man that's thank you for sharing me. I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your grandmother and it's it's really like you sharing that story just gave me chills, you know, <laughs> like, cause I, I know that feeling and I can also remember like not being able to share these moments with other people, yeah. <laughs> which like cause doubt sometimes, right. you know, yeah. um, I'm just grateful that now I'm in a space where I'm able to talk about this stuff and no longer hide behind closed doors coming out this spiritual closet if you want to call it that you know, right. meeting people like yourself that are experiencing these things and it's just really really powerful how we were able to still be connected with our family and friends after they transition from here it's actually helped me look at death differently mm. now because um, there was a, like after my mom actually before my mom her twin sister had passed away six months before her the same way. Then my mom passed away. Um, 
of a heart attack. And then I had like a, a year, at least years actually of either family members or friends passing away. And my relationship with death has just changed so much over the time. Um, yes, of course, I still cry, but it's it's different because I know they're still very much around, right? I think yeah. you just physically missed them here in this, like you said, this 3D world is not on Earth, but they're very much still around. Their presence and their guidance is uh, is still a thing. So you know that it's it's wild how this life just like you evolve. <laughs> yeah. I always think about when I first started getting involved in Buddhism, I was, I was fortunate enough to see Thich Nhat Hanh uh, teach. Mm, wow. And when he was teaching, he said, look, look at your hands and you can see your ancestors in your hands, you know, like really? even okay. if they're not in the, in the flesh anymore, like with you in this physical world, mm -hmm. you can just look at your hands and they're realize that they're still there with you. And that's something that's like stuck with me now for almost 20 years. Mm. Um, so I appreciate that you're also bringing a perspective that the continuity and the, the fact that there's things going on outside of what we can see with our eyes mm. is that things, it seems like so much of the life that we're living is like, we're sort of pushed into like, no, just look at what's in front of you. Yeah, like trust, right. trust your eyes. So much more. Yeah. So much more. You actually just reminded me of a book that I had downstairs that I was given a long, long time ago. Never understood why I was given this book, but I was given this book before my journey, but it's no death, no fear. Oh, uh -huh. <laughs> so <laughs> I never finished it, but I feel like you bringing that up. I'm going to go ahead and pick that book up and start, start reading it and finish it. You know, one of the things I've appreciated throughout this conversation is like, I hear certain parts of my own story and my own sort of like way that I look at the world in you. And I know that that was something for me, like when, when I was first starting to get more involved intentionally with psychedelics. And my, my partner had suggested we should have a, a mushroom ceremony. Mm. And I was like, a ceremony? Like, I mean, <laughs> like I've taken, I've taken mushrooms plenty of times before, but like, there's never been a ceremony around it. And she's like, yeah, we should do a ceremony and you should lead it. And I was like, wow. okay, well, whatever. But there were, there were things that I had picked up on my travels. Cause I, you know, one of the things after my grandmother passed, she passed in 2003 and by 2005, I found myself in Tibet, which there's a, there's a lot, there's a wow. lot between those two <laughs> things, right? Like, like going, I was, I was working at an insurance agency in 2003 and I just, I kept, I kept trusting spirit, even though I didn't necessarily like feel or hear it in that way. But anyway, so there were things that I had bought on my travels that had been on my shelf, but I didn't know, like they, to me, they were like, it was like an ornament or like mm -hmm. uh, just like a knickknack or something like not something that I was using actively. And during that first ceremony, uh, like it, all of a sudden it became really, really clear. Oh, this is why you have this. 
Wow. You know, like it was like stuff started to activate in this like really oh, authentic, man. organic way that I like, I, in a way, like I was kind of watching it, like watching all this stuff sort of come to life and being like, oh, this is why I have this. But I appreciate that you, that you brought that up, that like sometimes we have things or that like, we're not sure why they're there, but when the moment is right, when the, mm-hmm. when the causes and conditions come together karmically, then that activation just happens. And yeah. it's not, you're not saying like, oh, um, let me question this. Let me like, let me, is this the right thing to do? You just know in that moment, right. like, this is it. And this yeah. is happening. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. Um, yeah. Totally, totally get it. How like, you, you have it. Like, I'm just going to let this sit here right. on my altar space or just somewhere. And then in those ceremonial spaces, right? They activate. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> this yeah. is what uh, you're here for, right? They also, also have a spirit. Like, it's a whole thing. You're communicating. It's really wild. You mentioned being trained and doing the shamanic journeys. And I, I wonder if you'd like to speak a little bit about that, because even though it's something that I'm aware of, I'm just realizing it's it's not anything that we've really talked about on the podcast before uh, in mm. terms of like method for transformation yeah i don't like to call myself a shaman i'm more of a student of the shamanism practices but it's definitely something that i felt was in me and there was resistance to that because you'll see a lot of people talking about, oh, you can't use these practices if you're not from a certain indigenous tribe or if you don't come from that land. But me, myself, my ancestry is about 75% Nigerian and then about 25% European, mainly around like Ireland and stuff like that. So my first teacher, he introduced me to shamanic journeys. And that's when I felt like very, very called to explore that. And Reiki is a form of Japanese shamanism too. (laughs) So it just kind of like goes hand in hand. I'm not Japanese, but I still respect, you know, the culture talk about the values and I'm still teaching Reiki to other students. And it's something that it's in me. I embody the Reiki values. So my teacher, you know, really just started me off with shamanic journeys. And I did that really on my own without a guidance, you know, Um, going to the lower worlds really to meet spirit animals, et cetera, having communication with these beings. And again, I was pairing this with mushrooms or LSD. So you're really not supposed to do that. (laughs) Um, It could be a very dangerous thing because you're already going into these altered states of consciousness. And if you're introducing this, a substance like mushrooms or um, LSD, you're allowing yourself to enter deeper into the realms, pretty much. 
So there were a lot of life learning lessons and I've, I've, I've encountered some dark things that I also had to learn how to deal with on my own. And I can remember uh, a situation where something had happened in my home and I had an unwanted guest and it was uh, a real, a, a very real thing, very real thing. This unwanted guest was active and with myself and my children in my home, right? So I can remember going back to my teacher and I'm, like, I'm explaining this situation to him and he's like, well, you have to get rid of it. I'm not going to tell you how to get rid of it, but you have to figure it out. And that's what I had to do. <laughs> that's what I had to do. I had to actually figure it out. Um, and just to give us some more background around the story, I lived in this old apartment. Uh, it was it was actually a mansion that had seven apartment buildings and that they converted it to. And this mansion was used in the 1900s for uh, single mothers to raise their children in their homes. So I had a little girl visiting me, <laughs> a little girl visiting me. Um, wow. She, you know, I could hear the little footsteps running up against the wall. I can hear her voice, et cetera, et cetera. And I think she came to me because my light was so bright and she wanted some communication, right? So she, she hadn't been noticed in a long time and making communication with this little girl. I ended up crossing her over and sending her to the light. That's what she wanted. And by doing that, this was, it actually led me to meeting, officially meeting my spirit guide the first time, because this was a test that I was presented with. So. I passed the test and my mother came to me immediately afterwards and said, Hey, you did a great job, but wow, I'm getting chills talking about this. <laughs> she said, you did a great job, but don't trust everything that comes your way. Right. And this was the lesson. My spirit guy came to me immediately after. He's like, yes, you did a great job, but don't trust everything that comes your way. And the next day, the little girl that I crossed over, Right. Um, I can remember laying down on my couch watching. Uh, I was actually asleep. It's like three o'clock in the morning and something woke me up. There was a black and white commercial or TV show on my TV, but it was muted. And the guy, there was a guy in a suit on the, on the TV show. And the volume immediately became so loud after I woke up. And it was a little girl's voice that came out the TV and said, hey, I hope we can still be friends. And then it went back to mute. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like freaked out and I could feel me being touched by something. And I made the mistake by inviting it into my home because I, I thought it was the little girl. But after I did that, I realized that it wasn't. So that's what kind of like started the whole adventure um and and like deeper into shamanism just learning like different methods to banish things and protection and just different methods of working with guides and ancestors and stuff like that so that's really what jump started it and there's a lot more that happened after that but that's where i started to really really dive into um the native americans uh, way of shamanism as well, just like learning how they kind of did things. Um, and 
Yeah, it, it expanded from there. Then I had a, a, an opportunity to actually work with a medicine woman uh, for a few months, like some one-on-one training and really, really dive into what it meant to walk that path. Um, so that's working with the, the directions and the elements of the this, this planet, um, kind of opening up the circles, really working with your power animal as well, and traveling to the lower world, the middle world, and the upper world, and understanding that what you do in these worlds also affect this ordinary reality. So it's really been something that I've enjoyed. And for me, I kind of just take what feels right for me from a lot of different places. Uh, I guess you can call me like the United Nations of shamanism (laughs) kind of thing. And yeah, like I said, like my my tribe uh, is the Igbo tribe in Nigeria. And I had a chance to meet with them directly on a mushroom ceremony. Um, That was my intention to learn more about my ancestors. And they came to me. So that's a whole another system of shamanism, or if you want to call it that. And yeah, I just kind of approach it that way while giving respect to the people, the cultures, the tribes that have done it before me. I think that's very, very important to uh, get that respect to the people. And I'm, I'm genuine. I feel like people can understand that. Even when I, I do the shamanic journeys, um, I talk about the history. And I'll have men that have never been on a shamanic journey before. And it can come off intimidating at times. But I feel that people are on are able to understand that I'm genuine. And I'll, like I said, I'll talk about the history and take them on this journey um, and just kind of open it up that way. So again, being genuine, following my heart, knowing that that it's in the right place. You know, I, I definitely feel like shamanism is something that I will continue to follow and learn more about and just keep that in my practices. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been really a huge part of me and what I do uh, to work with people, even in ceremonies with uh, the mushrooms. It's a great thing to have in my tool belt to help keep the energies in the room nice and calm in case things get hairy. I know how to approach it for myself or someone else that I'm working with. Yeah, it sounds like even though initially it was kind of a challenging experience, and like you said, by the way you were approaching it, you found yourself in some situations that were not what you expected or having to overcome them or kind of work with them. It also led you into a place of more respect and more integration um, for a bigger world and a bigger set of energies that you can integrate into these other areas of, of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very true. I even like to explore into the uh, the system of hoodoo, right? That's another thing that um, I found out my family was actually heavily into. <laughs> you know, I didn't know that, but uh, my grandmothers specifically, uh, my great-grandmother, they come from the South, Alabama, and hoodoo was very big in the South. So um, it's just like 
dude, it's just like uncovering one thing after another. And like, man, how is this, is this even possible? It seems like a freaking movie. <laughs> it's just like one thing after another. And then it, but it all makes sense. It all makes sense. It all feels right within my being, you know? So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a thing for sure. I can remember my first teacher telling me that I'm the one who's going to see in the dark. And I never knew what that meant until I had to be in the dark to see my own darkness and other things that like to live in the darkness, right? (laughs) And I had a lot of situations just like the one that I explained to where I'm in the darkness, but it's my job to see and transmute that darkness either into light and explore my own darkness. The, the light is, you can't have light without dark. So yeah, it's just something that I definitely uh, live by. <laughs> and I, I accept it's a part of my path. Everyone's not going to watch that path, right? I think we all had different roles, but that like that's part of mine. Yeah. Kind of keeping it on the topic of integration, as a as an integration coach, what are what are some things that you or some ways that you work with your clients? Like, are there certain methods that you teach them? Or, yeah, we can definitely dive into that. Um, so, when it comes to integration, one of the things that I like to teach and invite my clients into is tracking what feels right in their body, right? Mm. Um, body mapping, because <laughs> the body is going to talk to us every single day. How do you feel in the morning? What's on your mind? What was the day like before, right? And that really comes through the power of journaling. So there, there's this, this body mapping method that I like to introduce. And again, it's just really like paying attention to the chakras, knowing that the chakras are related. They relate to certain body parts within us right but there's also different words that are associated with our chakras right and we're kind of going to go through the list of our body see how we feel in the morning go through a certain series of questions and then review that at the end of the day as well so the body mapping is very very important and it just allows you to track and just use metrics on how you're feeling after you come out of an experience. On top of the journaling, you know, integration to me is like a lifelong thing, um, number one. So on top of journaling, checking your body, I think it's very important for people to explore some somatic movements, either that might be like some dancing, um, yoga, as well just kind of seeing what feels right for you you can even go into art therapy art therapy is really really powerful too like coming out of a a journey right just getting some markers and color pencils and just drawing what comes out just allowing it to be and in that moment you're able to connect with that piece of art and give some meaning to that art afterwards and like really get some stuff out so those are some of the methods that I like to introduce to my clients. But even before the integration, I think it's really important for people to understand that 
it's a ceremony once you start to, once you make the decision to interact with these sacred earth medicines, that's when the ceremony begins. So we're doing prep work in the beginning. There's a, a number of prep sessions that we're going to go through some guided meditations. We'll have a, a goal that we kind of want to reach to, and we're going to work on whatever issues that are present for this person in the beginning through our prep sessions using guided meditation, a couple other healing modalities. Uh, well, I won't say healing modalities, but a couple other different modalities. It's just really exploring the mind, body, and spirit so you can maximize the journey that you are going to take in a month and a half, two months down the road. So that prep is really just important just as much as the integration. That journey is just a very small piece to what's happening. In my opinion, integration is not optional. <laughs> it needs to happen. Like you're always integrating. And that's when you can really embody what you experienced, what changes came up for you, like really, really bring it into your body. Um, and even just talking about your experience can be huge for integration. Even myself, I didn't have uh, that integration when I first got into it. I, I went on to this all on my own. So I had to learn uh, doing some research what the ceremony was, and it eventually evolved into that. So giving people the space to just really open up, letting them know that it's a brave space and you can talk about what your experience is, is strong too. And having that, you want to build some accountability as well for yourself. And that's something that I try to instill into my clients because we made it this far. Let's keep going. If we're going to stop working here or if we're going to continue to work, if we're stopping, you have the accountability to continue to embody this massive change, this transformational change that you work so hard to get up to. I think integration can definitely be a number of things. And it also just comes down to the person of like what they really need. And by finding that, you have to feel inside like, what what do you need? Because some people might not like yoga. Some people just might want to do some aesthetic dancing, right? right? And that's what they need to embody their experience and uh, really integrate what's going on. Um, and it's just mind, body, and spirit. I think those are the, the, the super uh, important pillars that I like to push in my experience because I've lived through that, right? Um, and I still embody that. And uh, yeah, I just try to invite people to look at it that way. Mind, body, and spirit, those are super important things. And uh, yeah, hopefully that answers the question. So many good little pieces to start pulling at. I love that you brought in the art therapy within my breathwork practice when I was training. It was one of the things that was suggested to us was like, after you come out of a breathwork journey, make some art. And it's actually part of the holotropic breathwork mm. uh, protocol. After you've been in this altered space for three hours breathing, everybody does mandala drawing together. Wow. And it was something that I like gave it, gave it a shot. Cause I was like, well, I don't feel like my art 
abilities really go this way in terms of painting or drawing, but it was so helpful to me in terms of the left brain, right brain separation and being able to go back into that more creative, less linear part of the brain. And so I found it to be super helpful in terms of taking different insights that had come up in my journeys deeper, or I'd be drawing, painting, and all of a sudden, like I would remember something that like, oh, wow, I had completely forgotten about that. So I I really appreciate that you, that you brought that up because it's, it's, it's an important practice that I don't think it's talked about enough. No, I I totally agree. I totally agree. And uh, like you said, I I think that actually kind of reminded me of automatic writing. I'm not sure you might be familiar. Um, You know, when you like first thing in the morning or sometime during the day, you just start writing and you you probably start off with some things that are coming down, but then that's shortly going to shift to some information that's just coming out and you you get really surprised at what you pour out with the pen and paper when you just allow it to flow. And I think that's the same thing that can definitely happen within art therapy. Integration is really, like I said, it goes back to those three pillars, like spiritual integration, emotional integration, and physical integration, right? All those things are connected, um, in, in my opinion. Yeah. What it made me think of was the morning pages, yeah, in the artist way. Yeah, that's, just that's writing it. like three pages a day, but like not thinking about it, not having a topic, even if you have to sit there and say like, okay, I'm just writing my morning right. pages now because I don't know what I'm writing about, but you just let that stream of let consciousness go. Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay, very cool. And then another thing that, that you mentioned that I thought was really important is the importance of preparation. Mm. Um, that integration is not something that you do after you have this journey and now you have this whole thing to unpack but it, it really begins with the, the preparation and, and how you're starting to prepare that vessel, uh, yeah. the mind, the body, and spirit, and how important that is. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Because, I mean, you're even integrating that, right? That mm-hmm. <laughs> the preparation part. And that, right. those can be very, very powerful experiences in itself. I think it's even possible for people to have breakthroughs with just the preparation work. Yeah. Preparation sessions might be two hours or like an hour and a half of just doing prep. And that's, again, meditation. We might do a, a Feed Your Demons exercise or just something else. Um, even Reiki can be used in those prep sessions. But I think that's an opportunity to have breakthroughs. And people can have those breakthroughs and even get to a point where they're like, oh, wow, I don't, don't even need to go <laughs> into uh, a, a ceremony. I feel like I'm, a, I'm, I'm a good, you know? So yeah. Yeah. It, integration is just like, it all starts even in the, that the prep, the journey and the integration going forward. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. I feel like on the one hand, there's something about like starting to be more intentional about, you know, how you're living and, and how you're getting yourself prepared. On the other hand, there's also this sort of other dimension of like sometimes energetically things just start to shift as soon as you make this decision that you're going to go into a ceremony or like whatever it is. And it's happening on like an energetic kind of subconscious level. Like things start to move, things start to shift because you're already putting those pieces into place. Right. 
that will end up happening later on down the road. So it's a, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing that I don't think we completely understand, you know, but, like <laughs> nah, how, that's but, it. but I've, I've heard the same thing in my breath work and also being involved in, in different ayahuasca ceremonies is like, Hey, don't be surprised if the minute you sign up for this ceremony, things start to shift, things start right. to move, you know, That's like yeah, it starts <laughs> then, right? the minute you make that decision, it starts. Right. 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 Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really wild. Um, yeah. It starts then. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So the, the name of the show is the vital point because of a, of a Buddhist teaching that I'm really fond of. But mm -hmm. what I always say in the intro is the vital point is to, to practice. We can't, we don't get stronger by reading about pushups. Um, you know, we actually have to apply these principles, these practices into our life. And, and that's, that's how we're growing in terms of like, what, what would you say is your vital point? What's something that's really important that you try to teach your clients when you're working with them or you're leading your groups, something that's alive for you right now. Yeah. Whew. I appreciate you breaking that down. Again, I, I know I, I read about it a little bit, but just hearing you say that it's breaking up so much more <laughs> than uh, my original answer. Yeah. And there's a vital point for me that I work hard to live by is knowing that you know knowledge actually isn't power right it's it's mm -hmm. <laughs> the power comes from applying what you know right like you said that knowledge right because right. the people say knowledge is power but it's really useless if you don't apply it so again that goes back to your practice the spiritual practice devoting yourself to that giving yourself time either in the morning, middle of the day, at night to honor your temple, mind, body, and spirit. So that also leads into my original answer because by doing your spiritual practice, that allows you to find the answers within, right? Mm -hmm. Leading into those dark corners, leading into the light, the stuff that you need to dig through to become whole, again and i think that's like a lifelong journey it's just leading back to the self and to sum it up a good friend of mine victor cabral he, he's, a, he's a really good guy he likes to say be the medicine and i think that is that that three word sentence right there be the medicine is the, the vital point is being the medicine. You're applying these things to your mind, body, and spirit. Prepping, doing the work, leading into it, integrating. Be the medicine that we explore day in and day out. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, be the medicine. I like it. Quest, if people are interested in getting in touch with you and working with you, how can they connect with you? Uh, yeah, thanks. Great question. So my website, questtheconduit.com. Uh, that's Q-U-E-S-T-T-H-E-C-O-N-D-U-I-T.com. And that's the same thing for Instagram, just quest the conduit, all the same. I can be reached on both 
platforms, go to my website. You can shoot me an email and connect. And uh, yeah, those are the best ways to reach me. So thank you for that. Yeah. Anything that you'd like to talk about coming up? Yeah. So there's a couple of things that I would definitely like to talk about. The first being I had the opportunity to work with SoundMind Institute. SoundMind Institute is based out of Philadelphia, PA. And what we have coming up is the BIPOC Psychedelic Leadership Program. So I had the opportunity to work with Dr. Hanna and Oriana to co-create and lead this program. It's a 10-month program. We'll have other guest facilitators joining as well. But the whole purpose of this program is to create a container for the BIPOC people all around the world and give them the opportunity to learn some leadership skills, make connections and network, you know, really learning how to, as a unit, conceptualize decolonizing psychedelics from the inside out. You know, we want to give a space for the BIPOC community to have their voices heard. And it's, it's actually a great thing that's formed thankful to and grateful to SoundMind for giving us the opportunity to do this because SoundMind has a lot of connections in the psychedelic space. And we just really want to get the BIPOC community's voices, faces seen and heard in these spaces as well, and also get even compensated for <laughs> the work that we do. So it's really just about helping level set the playing field. And it's a 10-month program, once a month. Like I said, it'll be myself, Oriana, and some other guest speakers as well that will be joining us once a month. And then also August, I have a BIPOC retreat coming up. It's a 5-MEO BMT BIPOC retreat that I'm helping uh, co-facilitate. I'm actually assisting in this, just to be clear. But the facilitators will be my good friend Charlotte and Joel from Tandava Retreats, and then also Butterfly as well. They will be the facilitators. I will be assisting, but this will be a BIPOC 5-MEO BMT retreat in Tepotzlan, Mexico, around mid-August. So there'll be more information on my website. That's another opportunity for the BIPOC community to kind of join in and get into the space. The other thing I would like to share about that, it's going to be focused on connecting with your ancestors, right? Because my ancestors, as I mentioned before, 75, 80% Nigerian, but I also have 20% European in me, Irish ancestors, right? So it's about honoring all of our ancestors as a whole and coming back to that, right? Because I think, at least for myself, I won't speak for everybody else, there's a point in time where I did not acknowledge that European side in me. Mm. And along my shamanic journeys, I have definitely met with those ancestors and guides from that lineage that I have in my blood. So that's going to be the whole goal of this retreat is just really connecting with your ancestors, all the lineages that are in us during this 5MEO DMT retreat. And there's going to be other healing modalities as well, but it's going to be opportunities to connect with the all of the ancestors within us and honor, honor that. Wow. That sounds like an amazing opportunity. Thank and you. Yeah, I'm excited about it. A beautiful insight in yourself in terms of really embracing the totality of, of your ancestry and, and your lineages. 
Yeah. Very cool. Well, Quest, this has been an amazing conversation. I really appreciate your time and sharing your wisdom and your experience. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a pleasure, too. I definitely am looking forward to the start of this relationship, man. I feel like this won't be the last time we communicate. So I really, (laughs) really appreciate it. And it's been an honor. Thank you so much, Jonathan. You know, it's also cool we got the same name. And then we also I know I did, you know what <laughs> we we just jumped into it and I thought yeah I I was I was thinking about that this morning I was like oh uh, that's always a joke I have I was like oh man you got a cool name but yeah for sure two Jonathans yeah. the first right, first yeah. podcast was two Jonathans <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was that and then like the store our stories were very similar so it was, just, it was like really neat you know yeah yeah it was really really cool to connect with you and get to know more about that story and yeah it's it's been a been a real honor and always always humbling to to meet other people other men on this path and just learn and and get to get to know you through your story and through how you express yourself it's just it's a beautiful thing about doing this podcast no it is Um, meet so many cool people yeah it definitely Enjoy it. So one thing I would like to share before I go out, I know I mentioned yeah. Charlotte, but I just want to be very clear. It's Charlotte James of Liberation Training. She used to be in the Ancestor Project, so she will be helping out facilitate that retreat in Mexico. I just want to be clear that I get everybody's information out there because that, that's oh, all yeah. family. For so. sure. <laughs> cool. Definitely check out Quest's Instagram and if you're in the Pittsburgh area, check them out. Definitely the men's group and different yoga activities that he has going on. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, give us a follow. Subscribe on YouTube or on the platform that you're listening on. And it really helps the podcast continue to grow. And until next time, remember that the vital point is to practice. And that's the way that we embody these truths, embody our transformation, and as Quest mentioned, to be the medicine.